When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, welcome to the Always Be Comedy podcast. This one, uh, Tim, this one is sort of not bittersweet because he's he's happy. Uh-oh. He's happy. But well, it's, uh, this is an unusual way to start an episode. Why are you bigging someone up? It's bittersweet because we we love David Earl. We love Brian Gittins. But David Earl ultimately is a happier dude not on the circuit anymore. And he's a very successful like profoundly successful podcaster, writer, actor. I'm, you know, I'm probably missing stuff out. He, he's a, I've known David a long, long time, over a decade, I reckon. Uh, I was very lucky. David and his wife used to run gigs and uh, myself and Rich Wilson would, would MC uh, a lot of their gigs. So got to know them. Lovely people. So I can say from a position of authority, he's a much happier guy now. But on a selfish level, and I, I, I'm pretty sure I speak on behalf of the Gittins fans everywhere, we miss Gittins on stage, but I guess Gittins on screen, uh, Brian and Charles, for example, you know, critically, not just critically acclaimed, critically beloved movie, and I guess David is, is happy that way. The podcast he does with Joe Wilkinson, Chatterbix. Oh, my God, I'm missing out my new football club. Uh, and again, very, I'm very grateful he has me on there as a regular guest. So uh, check out Chatterbix Pod. Check out check out the My New Football Club Pod if you haven't done. So the guest is David Earl, in a very roundabout way. Tim, you like me, love David. David Earl is fantastic. He is one of my favourite acts of all time. Brian Gittins. I used to go see him at the Edinburgh Fringe every year. I think he's one of the most unique exciting actor was it's a shame he's gone but as you say david earl so much happier this this is it i think sometimes i do tim i do it with sports sometimes you know we put our hopes and dreams on other people and at the end of the day if they're happy dudes they're they're happy dudes uh what i will say david earl uh, the real david earl away from brian gittins um such a a life-affirmingly uh, wonderful guy, very loyal friend, uh, love him a great deal, make each other laugh. <laughs> I think like me and Tim, David, uh, another worry boy, I mean that in a nice way. So I think there's one thing that connects a lot of us who are mates, love a good worry and I love, love a good overthink. Uh, so hopefully that all comes across in a very good way on the pod. There was much laughter. Uh, I know, Tim, it's not for me to say, it's for you to say, you enjoyed editing this one. Hang on, I, hang on, hang on. Tim enjoys editing them all. I hope that this one, <laughs> this one in particular, I believe you were you you were cracking up. I thought it was a great episode, really funny, but a lot of self reflection from both of you, which I think is very interesting, and perhaps not heard as much from either of you. I think it's brilliant. 
Oh, I'm intrigued. <laughs> yeah. So David David Earl is just a rock solid mensch. Um, so we've we've plugged the pods. Uh, Brian and Charles is on Sky. It's available on other platforms. Uh, be sure to check it out. It is uh, a soul scraping piece of work in the in the loveliest way possible. You sort of you sort of forget. And maybe sometimes Tim, it's when you become we become friends with these dudes. And I don't mean that in a in a chummy way, but you you can sometimes take for granted how talented people are. Absolutely, it's so mad. I went to the local Odeon to watch Brian Gittins on the big screen. What an unbelievable treat! And the fact it got BAFTA nominated is well deserved, but also. Such a huge victory for him. Yeah, I mean, absolutely extraordinary. And then also, as somebody who listens to Chatterbix and uh, my new football club, he's such an effortless, he won't like this, but he's a really effortless presenter as well, isn't he? Fantastic. He's, he's a broadcaster. He's brilliant. He is a broadcaster. Oh, he like you know what? He'll like, <laughs> he will like that. He'll like the use of broadcaster. Uh, yeah, a top dude. Now, before we get to David... Tim, uh, a bit of a bit of the old sweet, sweet correspondence. So, James, not me. James writes in. Uh, just wanted to say another fab podcast. Tim, we've not done it for a while. Read out the uh, <laughs> effusive praise. Just wanted to say another fab, fab podcast. Ah, it was the Andy Hamilton one. Andy Hamilton has always been a huge favourite of mine. Not uh, through not the nine o'clock news, through Million Pound Radio Show, Old Harry's Game, and Drop the Dead Donkey. He's responsible for much of my favourite comedy. From my formative years onwards. Yes, James, this is it. Uh, I managed to go to recording of Drop the Dead Donkey in one of the late series, and having Andy Hamilton as warm up, as referenced on the app, was every bit as wonderful as you might expect. A true comedy god. Well said, James. And the Andy Hamilton podcast, Tim, to say it was picked up across the press. Um, the Times ran with it, the Mail ran with it, and like big, meaty, weighty pieces. Um, purely off the back of Andy being on the on the pod. So, yes, it meant a lot to have him on, as you say, a, a, a comedy god. And then the, the ripple effect was uh, was wonderful. So, you know, we're, 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 it's not lost on us. We're grateful dudes. Now, this, I would say, is an important email because, Katie, from New Zealand, we, you're, you know what? We, you're right. I'm sort of telling myself off here. We've assumed that the whole world knows what it means to open, middle, and close a show. So, Katie, this is this in the in the in the world of our podcast. It's an important email, all right. In terms of the, when I say important, I know it's not like you know a global thing, but for us, yeah, you're right, Katie. Katie, you're right. Here we go. Hey, team, love the podcast. More praise, more praise. Slipping in, love the podcast, and have been devouring the episodes nightly while trying to get my five-month-old son to sleep just as long as the podcast isn't sending you off to sleep while you're trying to do that katie that's that's all we need to know i am as much of a comedy nerd as a girl from new zealand can be who has only attended the occasional tour show and never a work in progress or intimate gig but watches every panel show or live at the apollo she can katie i would say i mean don't fly especially with a five-month-old i'm not saying fly i am saying fly to london just to come to always be comedy to enjoy a work in progress i'm not saying that obviously I would say that going to a work in progress in a, a little room like always be comedy. It's like popping the slightly romantic this, but 
popping the 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 bonnet on a car and I'm, I'm, I'm getting carried away I, i'm sort of bailed on that already but there is tim there is something unique about seeing a a, a show in that work in progress formative stage it's amazing to see the big theater tour shows even for big arena tour shows but seeing the very start of what's going to become one of those shows is so exciting when it's you and maybe 60 other people watching the best just start start their journey very artsy fancy but you know start this show with just a handful of notes it's very it's very exciting tim as always nails it uh katie continues so i've loved listening to your podcast to get the inside scoop and especially insights into the comedy world the little details and how things work are especially what i love to get from y'all i don't think i've ever said y'all before in my life and i've got to say i bloody loved it so my question is right here we go what does it mean to open middle and close a show what are you hoping for as a comedian both james and tim and the royal you katie this is what a lovely piece of correspondence uh when you're booked for a show is there a preference do some people want to open and others prefer to close are you likely to stay for the whole set if you open or are you ducking out straight after to pick up takeaways and get home early. Katie, I think you might be at home on the British comedy circuit. I think <laughs> these are very, very pertinent questions. Thanks for the content. Keep up the great work. No, Katie. Thank you. Right. So I would say typically if you're Timo, you feel free to correct and chime in. Someone who's a good opener is often someone. Now I'm an, I am an MC to my bones, but when I was new, I was off to, I was booked to open because I was, what you would call high energy. But I'll be honest with you, I was higher energy uh, when I was a younger man. <laughs> I'm, I'm not as high energy as I was. But I would say an opener is someone who's going to get the night off to a rollicking start. So it's not necessarily someone who is high energy, but someone that you know. I, I think, Tim, opening is, the, is, is actually the hardest slot, generally speaking, because... The, the crowd have, have just sat down. They're not yet cooking. Uh, and so when you see someone properly roof an opener, I always think, oh, we're, in, we're probably in the presence of greatness. I remember Rachel Paris, years before MASH, she once opened Always Be Comedy, and it's one of the best opening sets I've ever seen. It's a bit like somebody hitting the ball for six uh, in the first over, you know, it's 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 quite a feat. In the middle, you you are often, but not necessarily always, you might put a new act in there um, because it's it, the middle is regarded as the sweeter spot because the crowd are nicely warmed up. They've had that drink at the interval. Um, whereas when you're closing, maybe they they might have had a drink too many, or the, or as it's getting nearer to ten o'clock, they might be getting getting a little bit tired. So the the closer requires a bit of oomph. The closer is often but not always the headline act, the the, the biggest name. Uh, also in the middle, what what you will often get is a big big name dropping in to try a bit of new, and they want to take that middle spot because it's the sweeter spot. Um, Tim, anything I've missed out there? Um, I think I think you smashed it. You're a good promoter for a decade, and you know what to do in those slots. Uh, middle slot is sometimes middle slot is often my favourite slot because it could be the most <laughs> interesting. Is not the right word? But if you have a slightly surreal act, maybe put them on in the middle. You, you, 
100 as always 100 so what we will sometimes do at abc i mean i tell you what tim we are we are this is the this is we're being very open here right but i think what we would often do is you might if, you, if there's if there's an act that is experimental or quote marks riskier you <laughs> might start with a gig you might have a gig smasher open you might have a gig smasher close and you might roll the dice a little bit uh, I pulled a, I pulled what can only be described as a uh, Michael Sheen doing David Frostface, and I, I've I love that performance, and I've I've I, I, it's a facial expression that has become my own. If you've seen uh, Sheen as Frost, you know the face that I am pulling. Um, so the, what will often happen is we will not often, but sometimes we'll take we'll roll the dice in the middle, and that that Tim will often be they might they might actually end up stealing the show. Because yes. we have, because we've put so much thought into the night, we've laid the groundwork. I don't mean that in a self-aggrandizing way, because I'm the MC. But the opener, let's say the opener's roofed it. The closer, we've booked like the, the not just the safest pair of hands, but we might have booked an, an actual juggernaut to bring it home. And because the conditions are perfect for that, like Tim says, it might be his favourite slot. Because the conditions are perfect for that more experimental act. In the middle, they are. They've often been able to shine that much brighter because maybe the pressure wasn't on Tim. Yeah, I think I think so. I don't. But what? Uh, the reason why I'm not naming names is because I don't want someone to. Uh, I know we know that a lot of comedians listen to this pod, and I imagine someone what's happened me going. <laughs> I didn't realise I was a risk. Um, but uh, yeah, that 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 has been the way. But then, but then some of the some of the biggest names. I would say in the world, uh, if they're trying new, would, so I'm not saying that they're experimental or a risk. Uh, Tim, I'm going to name a name okay. to make my point. Jack D, and I'm naming him because he's a big boy and wears big boy trousers. Uh, we had Jack D recently, and the reason why I'm naming Jack D is because he is one of my favourite comedians ever yes. uh, and so when i was a teenager i used to watch the jack d show on channel four and my god it was it it was cooler than arthur fonzarelli on happy days i just it was just i couldn't believe my luck it was like jack d had made this show just for 14 15 year old me um and i love him so much and so we had him down recently uh as a, a mystery guest and jack d just wanted to run through 20 minutes of new and so we deliberately put jack on in the middle because he can uh run free he doesn't have the pressure of having to go on first and he doesn't have the pressure of having to headline and so it just means that jack d can be loosey-goosey in the middle mm -hmm. and i pick him out because he's an icon uh he's a legend he's one of the founding fathers of modern stand-up comedy and i know the people at his agency um they 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 look joe brand is in a similar bracket if you're going to build a statue of someone you would build a statue of of someone like jack d i think so uh i i, I named him because i treat him with such uh, reverence and 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 love uh, and I think I need I needed I really waffled on Tim. Good luck in the edit. Uh, I just felt I needed to name a name to make my point. Casey from New Zealand, let us know if we've explained it well. I think we have. I hope we have. I'll tell you what, Katie, because we what we ended up doing was we gave a much fuller answer than we were we were expecting. We're going to save the rest of the correspondence 
for another time. Ah, however, please, for the love of goodness, do give us that five-star review. A lot of you have. We're very grateful. If you think that we're checking the little counter, we are. We absolutely are. Uh, but if you haven't written a review, hey, run heart, young hearts run free. Go for it. <laughs> um, the Always Be Comedy podcast is where, if I can reveal, uh, this is one of the rare times when I've actually remembered without Tim having to go, James, you need to say what the podcast is. The Always Be Comedy podcast is we sit down with a comedian uh, or funny person or uh comedy adjacent person i think in time we're going to branch out to non-comedians uh, it's where a comedian sits down and curates what would be their dream fancy gig who would open who would middle who would close gigging nightmares that mustn't happen gigging uh beautiful moments from gigs that, that they'd love to replicate all this and so much more tim is there anything else to add about the great man david earl um I'm going to plug one of his things. It's a thing he doesn't talk about much, but during lockdown, I think it was probably the thing I watched the most. So it's the Combo Pilot Show on YouTube. I think it is one of the greatest sitcom episodes there's ever been, and it's free on YouTube. It's astonishing. That is a gr well remembered. And then also, I wonder if they're still on there. I'm doing this live. I sometimes this will sometimes happen yes right so i would say if you go onto youtube and just type in combo david earl and there's a lot of combo to sink your teeth into as ever if you enjoy the episode please share it across the socials spread the word tell your friends uh and here's another banger the maestro david earl I just want to start by saying, David, huge and heartfelt congrats. And this is very earnest, but huge and heartfelt congratulations. What a couple of years you've had. Chatterbix, BAFTAs. <laughs> no, but genuinely, <laughs> he's mate, my mate, my new football club. I mean, that's right. That's a holy trinity. That's three hit, hit, hit. You've had three. Huge successes there. Yeah, are they huge? <laughs> They're all right, aren't they? They're doing all right, aren't they? Can, can I just say that you are... Right, I know that I'm bad at taking a compliment, and then I met you, and it turns out I'm good at taking a compliment. <laughs> okay. I don't know. They're just... Yeah, you know. No, they're good. When, They're when, really you get, good. when you get a compliment, do you feel like your soul wants to leave your body? No, I'll tell you what I was thinking just then. You could say that to James Acaster, or say... Rob Beckett, because they are, they, you know, they are genuinely doing well. I wouldn't say, oh, yeah, I'm doing all right. Sort of plodding along. I'm here to tell you you're doing very well. Because I Thank think you. sometimes if you're in it, you can't tell that you're that things are going well. I've, I've, I've interviewed actors before, um, and I've said to him or her, God, you're, it's all happening for you right now. And they go, is it? Oh, completely. Oh, my God. I mean... That look at that the amount, the amount of people that go, um, hey, you're doing all right, aren't you? Am I? Nothing's changed. But, hang yeah. on a minute, the, right? What David did there was point to a Brian and Charles poster, and he said nothing's changed. But surely, take take Chatterbix. That's that is a that's a hit pod with a big following. Yeah, okay, it has changed. It has changed a little bit. It has changed a little bit, I suppose. But it's still, 
you know. This, this is, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. But what you say, all right, but what you say, you, like you said, when you're in it, you're plodding along, you don't know how you're going to pay the bills in a couple of months, and you just, you know, you know, it's not quite as bad as that. But I was once chatting with, I think it was an interview with, I think it was Catherine Hahn. And it was like it was like it was news to. I mean, I mean, I've interviewed a lot of people down the years who were like hot. I think like I think about the Craig Robinson from the U.S. Office. I said something. I said something similar to him. Yeah. And it's it's like they're hearing it for the first time. It's a weird one, isn't it? I've just spoken to Sir Chris Hoy. Now this man has won gold medal after gold medal. It's so interesting when you talk to people. I'm not liking myself to Chris Hoy. But when you, you know, like you talking to me, you go, well, I didn't feel any different. Talking to him, who's literally got to the top of the mountain and won 25 gold medal. It's so crazy. So when you're in it, you're just like, oh, I'm now standing on a podium like Daley Thompson. I beg your pardon. I, I've interviewed Chris Hoy several times down the years. Oh, come on. No, no, no. This is good. Listener, yeah. listeners will know this. Sometimes I am guilty of taking this towards like, the self-help podcast but i just want to sometimes you got to pass on the things that you hear right yeah and the big thing with chris hoy is that us brits we love the underdog and we, we actually love the loser we like underachievement oh do you remember when gaza didn't quite score that goal in the semi-final against germany in 99 oh if it, if only he'd, if only he'd slid in and, and scored the goal we're like, we're like obsessed with 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 not winning you know it's, it's awful and chris hoy said that 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 the, one of the big problems with British cycling, this was like before he won all his goals, was trying to change that mindset and trying to become, uh, they had to become winners because it goes against everything that the history of British sport tells you about. You know, yeah. we, we, we love to, we love to mull over the, what, what oh, what could have been rather yeah. than the amazing triumphs. And so I love, Chris, Hoyer, well, James, just a, anyway, it, sorry, go on. Just, no, just taking that into stand up comedy. Yes. The amount of times I would have a good gig and self-sabotage and go, I'm killing, I'm going to kill this gig. What's all these all people about? are laughing. Uh, what's all that about? Fuck, uh, I don't know. <laughs> no, but that, is that, that's almost a British thing though, isn't it? Embarrassed. embarrassed. Uh, I, what am I trying? I don't want to come across as a knob, but um, I'm probably doing quite well. But honestly, I remember my producer once said, why do you do this all the time? Why do you why do you kill the kick? Can I share it? I'm gonna I'll share a story that you once told me, and if we have to take it out, we'll take it out. Oh god, yeah. But this again, this is fascinating. You went to go see someone about this mindset, a, a oh, performer yeah. mindset, and the, mm. the, the specialist said to you mm. in one session, you found out that when you were a teenager or maybe even a child, you were reading yeah. out a cricket team or something like that. And you yeah. were getting laughs because you were doing it in funny voices. And one of your mates said in your ear something like, shut up, mate. Nobody wants to hear you. Yeah, he said, sit down. Just whispered in my head, sit down, mate. And the, the specialist is adamant that that one moment yeah. ended up shaping your whole outlook on performance. Yeah. Yeah. God, it really did. See, I think there'll yeah. be people listening right now remembering, and I'm doing it, remembering a thing from their childhood or their teenage years and an incident like that. And they're thinking, oh God, maybe that messed me up more than I actually realise. Yes. And it's amazing. It's just a little throwaway comment where it was just probably a little bit of, a um, little bit of banter back and forth, secret banter, whispering. But I went, 
no, you're right. I need to sit down. What am I doing? Sit down, mate. Hey. <laughs> I def so I definitely had on stage. Sit down. Yeah. But, but I'm, I'm sort of <laughs> if, if I can look, I say this as your friend. Yeah. I would say that you no longer, as much as I miss Brian Gittins, I would say that you no longer doing stand-up. Tell me I'm wrong. You are surely happier now than you've ever been. Yeah. Yeah. We're stre well, I, I you know, when when you're out of the game and then you hear like you you know, you do it a lot and um and I hear people continually doing it. I'm like, wow, can't imagine getting on stage now. It's you, I look at a comedian and I go, you are so vulnerable up there. Anything could happen in this room. I all... I wonder if that's why always be comedy is like a womb to Tim and myself. That it's that Tommy that Tommyfield room is is perfect. How often do you go to other venues these outside days? Of your these days, not that often. Yeah. Because we're doing those most nights, or certainly multiple nights a week, rather than just... Before lockdown, it was every Thursday, and then maybe the odd extra one. But now we try to put, as, put on as many as is humanly possible. And I think that's why acts like it, because it's a place where they can really be themselves, go for it, try stuff out, push themselves and all of that. It's a safe space. It's the cheers bar. Everybody knows your name. Always glad you came. On and on and on. Um, and but, for you, it's a little private. It's a private party each week, isn't it? Private party, is yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's also, how my Gittins night was. My monthly Gittins night. That was all the same people. I was like, this isn't a gig. This is a this is oh, a party. Well, that's changed. So since we've come out of lockdown, we we are. And I said, Tim, Tim will also be doing the sign of the cross and praying like I am. We're different crowds every single show now. Oh, why? Yeah. Because I think things like like Rachel and Marcus going on Graham Norton and stuff like that, I just think things like that and and like Marcus going on Lorraine and uh, and the show getting like a mention on Sunday brunch. I think all these things just really helped. I don't want to say I'm going to use a corporate term. Dare I say elevate the brand? And, I, and I'm wow. I'm I really apologize. When I listen <laughs> back, I'm sorry that I said that non-ironically. But but I think what happened was. Loads of people who, oh, no, oh, sorry, on all the online nights. So we had people all over the country watching mm. these online shows. They've probably never previously heard of Always Be Comedy. And so you get people making what is like a pilgrimage, you know, people traveling from all over the country because they'd come to the online shows or people who live nearby. And so every night, and again, I'm praying again, when I, the old catchphrase, give us a cheer if you've been before and it gets a cheer, give us a cheer if you've never been, that never been cheer every night is... 50, 40, 60, 40, 40, 60. Right. So there's loads of, and I, but I think okay. you need that. Otherwise the night wouldn't survive, you know? Yeah. Keeps it fresh. Gives it a bit of energy for you. Yes, exactly. And, you, and then you never, yeah, you never, you never want to coast it. You always want to try new stuff mm. as well. But that said, you, you don't miss it, do you? I mean, oh, well. I never give it any thought. So oh. you saying, do you miss it? No. no you, you don't even think about it. I'd never think about stand up. No. No, I think about, if I think about, no, I never think about it. I, if I think about doing another tour, I go, oh, my God, the reviews. I mean, I imagine getting reviews and after the first couple of dates and then knowing I've got a 50-date tour and, and everyone said it's a shit show and, oh, my God, I can't think of anything worse. Um, Good for you. I miss, do you know what? Um, 
So the last few things I did was at the Moth Club with Rupert. Oh, yeah. I know. I do not miss. I feel like you're walking on stage nude just for everyone to point at you. Like literally anything could happen. Pants fall down. Some drunk gets up and punches you. Oh. I mean, I'm thinking like the worst, the worst case. No, but I, look, I remember we were once at a gig in East Grinstead, <laughs> and the the headline act who will remain nameless, you know, I'm talking about, hadn't turned up, and we thought they were, I mean, they were they were a long way away. Anyway, they got there very very late, like unacceptably late, and so I think there was a lot of padding, and you know, and at one point I said to you, you might have to go on as gittins, and before the before the sentence came out of my mouth. You were like, no chance. No. Also, that's a mix of worlds. So there I was promoting a gig. So I'm David, the gig promoter. Oh, why is David getting on stage talking to us like that? What's yeah. wrong with David? So- I get asked. I sometimes get asked by my, not anymore, but my, the primary school my girls go to, someone will say, oh, do you put a comedy show on for the PTA? No, absolutely. No. I've, no. Got, I've got to be at the school gates on Monday morning. Oh, can you imagine? After, after some drunk parent has thrown a can of lager or whatever, you know. Yeah. Thanks so much, everybody, for paying 15 quid tonight. Okay, I'm just going to come and do a character. You're right, everyone. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. What a horrible, horrible man. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Everyone loves to chat. Loves, loves, loves to chat with some of your old faces in the foyer. Uh, bear with me. Oh, yeah. oh. <laughs> oh God! What a ghastly man! Oh God! Yeah. Oh. That's why. Do you know what? Thinking about that, that's why I I never hung around at gigs. As soon as I did my set, I'd be off because I, I think I was sort of embarrassed straight after. So I didn't want people to go. Oh, right, now you like that. Why are you being... Yeah. <laughs> so what, you won't even hang around for a drink with the other comics after? No, never. I always used to shoot off straight away. So I never I never got into the community. I never... I didn't make many friends on the circuit, I don't think, because I was just like, I'm going home. We've... This is, this is sort of like from the pod. Tim, <laughs> and I have, Tim and I have just started staying for drinks afterwards. Is it good? It's probably very nice. Isn't oh, it? mate, it's great. Yeah, we... I know. I wish I'd done it. Now. <laughs> no, but we, mate, we've been going for we've, ABC's going for twelve years. We just had the idea like about, about two weeks ago. Yeah. Um, anyway. Now, Chatterbix, when did you realise? Oh, hang on a minute. There's this is a goer. Something in this because you, by your own admission, the first couple of episodes were were choppy. <laughs> but then it. But then it. Yeah, but I didn't care. I didn't care about that because I, I I personally wanted it to be a certain thing. I remember Joe going, "Should we not be bringing something to this?" Or I was like, I'm "Not saying I'm the the brainchild, but I was like, no, let's just whatever it is, it is. If so it's, it's really USB, boring, it's really is yeah. you two logging on, two mates, and yeah, because we were up. writing at the time, so we was like, we always had half an hour at the start of the morning, so let's just record that because we <laughs> normally gossiping." So let's re- re- record that and then just put it out. And then we put it out in the, that morning. Um, I don't know, really, when we thought it's been a steady, it's been a slow burner, really. I don't know if people, I mean, Joe says we've got a little catchphrase where we go, if you've, if you've heard the pod and you see us, just say crunch, crunch in public. Joe says he gets so much of that, like more than countdown or. Mate, I've seen it. Oh, have you? I've seen it. We're at we're at gigs together, 
and the guy will be wearing like the Chatterbix t-shirt or whatever and he'll go oh, and I've seen girls do it as well Joe yeah crunch crunch bizarre but, but really weird I'll tell you what he wants he done he done his set brilliant as always and as he left the gig there were people congregated outside just you know smoking vaping having a drink or whatever Joe's got do you not think Joe's got like this Sounds ridiculous. He's got this almost like hit. I think he's got like a hero energy, like in the way that like Steve McQueen had like hero energy. Or, or honestly, he would, he would, he would find this laughable. But there's something. What about you mean? Joe. He attracts people. No, I think Joe has a has a cool in the way that Steve McQueen in The Great Escape, Virgil Hiltz, just had that that almost anti-hero vibe. Something like undescribably, indescribably cool about him, and Joe. I think Joe's a cool dude because he doesn't think he's a cool dude, if that makes sense. Well, he's not a cool dude. I, I mate, I really I look at No, you know, if you're listening, no, I look at you no. a lot. But <laughs> he left he left this gig and the it, the dudes that were waiting for not even waiting for him, they they, mm. they saw him and they they were all shouting and he and he walks off to the train station and I I was like, Paul Newman wouldn't have looked any cooler than that. <laughs> it was well, brilliant. It was brilliant. Well, I mean, I don't know what to say to that. All I know is like what his music taste is, his clothes sense, his dress sense. He, he, but maybe that was what makes him cool. Didn't give a shit. Doesn't give a shit. He is who he is. I think that's it. Whereas I'm the opposite. <laughs> I've, yeah. I've told this no, story. Maybe that is it. Maybe I've told this story it. on here before. We were at a gig together. I was I was having my tea and uh this was downstairs from the gig, and a guy comes over to Joe. This is the difference between between well, there's a lot of differences, but this is one of them between Joe yeah. and me. In terms of him not giving a shit and me caring too much, a guy right. said to Joe, oh, uh, Joe, can I have a selfie? And I'm just sat eating and Joe's, you know, Joe's like, yeah, of course you can, mate. Yeah. Had the picture taken. And then this guy goes to me, can I have a picture with you? And then before my brain has worked, what? guess what came out of my mouth? You ready? I went. Can you have two? Do you want two? I went, I went thank you. live with that mate live with that for the rest of your life i mean i I, you know when i when i hang out with joe like we went up to sheffield recently he gets so much attention big time like oh people love him and he's obviously very recognizable and uh he's beloved he said to me probably jokingly but not he has to add like 30 minutes to one of his walks into town because he's I mean, he's, you know, he's half joking, but he gets stopped a lot. I can totally believe that. And also because he gives off, you're listening to the Joe Wilkinson Tribute Podcast? Yeah, Jesus but, Christ, what is this? But he's got he's got that he's got that special quality where when he walks on stage, everyone in the room wants to be his best mate. Yeah. Yeah. They relate to him. And that you he's know what, that's one of the things I'm talking about. Yeah. That, that vibe, energy, whatever you want. Yeah. Walked, I'll never forget, he walked out the venue, walked towards the train station, and I just thought, wow. Yeah, that, dude is, <laughs> that, that dude. guy oozes it. I like the idea of you just stood in the doorway watching him walk off. Wow, that guy's oozing it. <laughs> <laughs> Me clapping like this while crying. <laughs> Joe like, what? Joe's like, I, I left my hat. <laughs> Oh dear, no. I mean, I always think whatever he touches on TV sort of turns to gold. Definitely. Like, I haven't seen the episode, but I've seen the potato go in the golf hole. 
Is that a thing? On Taskmaster? That's Joe in a nutshell. He's got it. Yeah, and then Soccer AM. Oh, he puts it top bins. And then when he, we do the snooker mate. thing, oh, he hits a nice... <laughs> if the cameras are rolling. He just delivers. <laughs> yeah, he does. If that was me and throwing that potato, I'd have, I'd have broken a fucking camera. Yeah. No, the TV gods absolutely adore that man. Will he enjoy listening to this? I think it'll puff his feathers up a bit. <laughs> I think so. I think it'll be a nice way. If you're listening, Joe, I think it'll get a nice warm feeling. Yeah, what what an absolute sweetheart. So, right, so Chatswick's, and then also, my new football club. I mean, Which you're a part of. Mate, that, I cannot, I, I, my wife is probably bored of me saying on, say, a Sunday after just an, just an episode, I, I'll say it every single time, I'll say, you have no idea how many people come to Always Be Comedy off the back of listening to my new football club. Amazing. Yeah. Someone came to a show recently and they said that they lived in Kennington. They're an Exeter City fan and they'd been at a Crystal Palace match. That was it. And they they said, they said that their line was, our Venn diagrams have crossed too many times. And I was like, yeah, mm. fair enough. But just by mm. saying that, they were also revealing that they clearly listened to the pod, you know? Right. How did it come about? Um, <clears throat> that was with Joe again. Moving to uh, Devon with my family. I thought, like you, I've got young children, or and an old one, but young children. I wanted to have like a father-son bond, like a moment together each week. And I thought, I've never gone to watch live football properly. And I was always jealous around Christmas when when I heard people going, I'm going to the Boxing Day fixture. So I thought, I'm going to go and watch from the local side. It was Exeter. I chose Exeter over Plymouth. And I started telling Joe about my experience there, going, watching a game on my own, feeling awkward and just never experienced it before. Loved it, but felt awkward there going on my own. And Joe said, let's record these because they're making me laugh. She sound like an idiot. So that was it, really. Good for you. Yeah. I'll tell you what, I'm sort of, so So it's my experience of following Exeter City, but having followed them now for a year and a half, James, I'm now... Mm, does does the pod hold up now that you're not a new supporter? Because I don't want to. I don't want to sort of pretend that I'm experiencing certain things. And now I, it feels I feel quite comfortable there. I think it, the pod more than holds up because now you've got your feet under the table. So the <laughs> the pod is growing with you. Right. Yeah. Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah. It's it's a different kind of podcast now because yeah. before it was like oh god oh where do I sit oh and now it's like I sit here and not only that you you and I I bring this up on your podcast but you now have traction with the club you know you've been mate you've been on their official videos you've interviewed the manager you've interviewed the players oh James 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 oh god I took my boy you're gonna love this uh, I took my boy to the last game of the season. And at the end, all the players were signing autographs. Yes. Going round the edge of the pitch. I said to my boy, do you want to get, get their autograph? Yes, please. So we stood there at the side and uh, got all their autographs and selfies. And uh, Gary Caldwell, the manager, came along. And I said, I just whispered to him, can you give him a little pep talk? How to become a professional footballer? And he went and just winked. He got down and just said, uh, you want to be a professional footballer? Oh, watching my little boy's eyes nodding and, oh. But yeah. also, that moment, he didn't have to do that. No. 
No, he didn't. That's why it counts extra, because he doesn't have to do it. And also that feedback is the correct, that's the right thing to say. Mm. That, you know, it will, what he's done there is he's planted a seed and that can. Yeah. Yeah. And if it, even if he doesn't, even if he, even if he doesn't play for England, no, he's still going to have will. a. He will. Oh, he will. He will. But he's still going to have a positive relationship with football. That's yeah, the beauty it, of it. It was basically, if you want to get anywhere, you got to work hard. And I thought. Brilliant. Oh, what a lovely thing, you know. Yeah. But and anyway, back to the pod. It's, um, it's, it's fun. It's fun. I enjoy it. And you bring a lot to it. And people love you, James, on it. To quote Troy McClure, it's the role I was born to play, being third banana on a football podcast about Exeter City. I'm not, and you know what? <laughs> you know what, David? Not a bad I, life, is it? You know what? But, and I'm being, I'm being sincere. I've never felt more at home. Yeah, yeah. I, do you know, I, ha- I haven't really, James, because I, I feel like I've sort of, the last few months, weeks, whatever, the last year, I'm like, I think I want my career to go in this direction. I think I want to work for Somerset Cricket Club and just record little vlogs. Can I have a job like that, please? I just want to be really nerdy about a sports club or team. But look at, could could you not pursue that? If you look at someone, say, someone like Andy Zaltzman. Exactly. I was talking to my wife about Andy Zaltzman a couple of days ago. He's, he's nailed it. Andy Zaltzman. Perfect. Undeniable comedian for what, 30, 30 years? I mean, phen- phenomenal. The writing, the deli- you know, the persona, everything. Brilliant. In the background, he's obsessed with cricket. Yeah. And then he's brought these two worlds together and he's now essentially captain cricket. Yeah. Do you think he travels the world with them as their little statistician? I would have thought so. Honestly. Because you can't do... I don't think you can do that from your lounge, can you? You need to be... No, there you need to be little... with... Yeah, honestly. It's sort of what I want to do now. So, right, we've, 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 given, we've, we've given a plug to Chatterbix, to my new football club. What else can we give a plug to? No, I'm, I'm done. They're the plugs. <laughs> yeah, they're your, plug, they're your plugs. Okay, fine. A enough. random movie generator. Oh, it's one, something I do with David Edwards, and he's the funniest man on the planet. Hang on, no have... one knows about him. And right, please go on. Annoys me. He's the funniest man on the planet, and I never advertise this podcast. I don't know why. I do know why. I'm embarrassed. There's a third podcast. Ah, so you you almost feel shame that you've got three different podcasts to plug. Yeah, me. I'm. I like Kevin Smith. He's got about. 12. Well, I do think, you know, you see certain people on loads of game shows and panel shows. Yeah. Oh, they're all right. They can do all those, can they? Well, I can have an 18 podcasts. Yeah. You're like me. You've overthought. You've overthought. <laughs> yeah. No, I do. So I do that with David Edwards and he's just, it's basically his podcast. I just sort of hopefully help steer it. It's just a funny, funny man. Right, so David, this is now this is something you have done in your real life. You you've put on a lot of gigs down the years. And wait, <laughs> you, this is quick. something you've done in your life. You put on a lot of weight. Over that you. was quick. Uh, right here yeah. we go. So yeah. you're, you're you're curating your fantasy comedy gig. Did you have any pre-gig rituals? Not socialize. And that was a that was a deliberate thing. Yeah, I think so. Don't get the train, always drive. Why? Was that part of it? Yeah. 
yeah, I definitely like to. I like to drive. I think that was it. Drive and go over my lines, and you know all all of that. But I wanted to be on my own. I didn't want to sit with anyone on a train. Do the gig, uh, arrive. I think I'm just quite shy, James. So arriving at a gig, sit in the corner. I used to just do the pacing up and down, but you know, once you got uh, used to doing comedy and stand up, just put that wig on, son. Put the glasses on, and you are away. Did you, did you ever get to a point where you were actually enjoying it? Mm, well, I'd be lying if I said I didn't. You know, the, no, I definitely I definitely enjoyed moments, definitely. I didn't enjoy the travelling, just like everyone says. I, felt, I just felt embarrassed that I did it. I had this just ongoing embarrassment. I was like, why am I the person facing this way? And why are 150 people facing the other way? I was embarrassed. And this is that goes back to sit down, mate. Think so, potentially, potentially, yeah. I was like, I, I always used to go on going, "Why are you? Why are you doing this? Why? Why are you doing this?" So I'd be going, "All right, everybody, yeah, not too bad." And in my head, "Why are you doing this? Why are you talking like this?" <laughs> well, I don't know. I'm just talking about it. You're right, mate. <laughs> Sit down, David. Well, oh, I can't play these quid. Right? Yeah. I mean, if I was, if I, the risk of sound like a therapist. It actually turned out well in that you did take the guy's advice. You sat down, but you sat down while getting a podcast mic out. Yeah, feeling embarrassed again. <laughs> and going over it all again for 200 episodes with Joe. You know. You know, Joe and I would never, whatever you call it, banter. We would never do that. As soon as we felt like one of us was bantering or had caught onto a little funny idea, we'd go, stop it. I'd like, don't have fun on this podcast. But I think, uh, I've said this to you both privately, I think part of the beauty of Chatterbix is when the two of you are saying things like, I feel really anxious today, or I yeah. want that person to like me. Yeah. I listen to that, and I think, that's that's what, that's how I think in life. Oh, good. I mean, I hope it doesn't... I felt anxious to... this morning. You know, it's that sort of thing. Yeah, I, I, and I get anxious that we're saying we're anxious and it's it's coming across as annoying and it's become a thing. I think I was quite confident on stage. I don't I don't remember really getting that nervous. I did in the early days, but at the end of it I felt quite confident, I think, in what it was. I remember Brian Damage, remember Brian Damage? Yeah. I just remember him saying it's all about percentages. You get enough good gigs behind you. That will keep you going. So if 55% of your gigs are positive, then that's enough. Right, opener. Who would open this gig? Right, I, I, I've just chosen the the people that have made me laugh the most in my time on the circuit. So they're not they're not openers. It's not a middle act. It's not you know. But I have chosen an MC. I mean, you would be. I, I've got to say it, James. You would be the MC. We used to book you for God's sake. So let's get that out the get the elephant out. Thanks, Dave. I always I always loved. Uh... I always look right as again. Can't take a compliment. Have to turn it into a negative story. But a, 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 an incident I still bring it with, bring it with Joe Wilkinson. I used to MC this gig for David David and Naomi in East Grinstead, and I, we had a great time every show. And then I don't know if it had gone to my head a bit, but I thought it would be a great idea if I MC'd the Christmas gig dressed as Santa in character as Santa, right? Mm -hmm. And I told Joe, Joe Wilkinson was there, and I told Joe what I was going to do. And Joe, being a friend, kept going, you sure? And I was like, yeah, 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 just a bit, mate. He's like, you, 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 
you sh- you, 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 sure, you sure you're going to go on as centre? Yeah, 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 definitely, mate. What well, here? I'm not bloody, I'm not bloody siller in this room. See, I'm behind you there, James. But I, but, and I said to Joe, if this goes back, you'll know this has gone badly if I pull the beard down and talk in my normal voice. But I says that won't happen for five minutes. I'm going to stick with it. Well, you were going to perform as Santa. I came on as Santa in Uh, character. So it was like, uh, hello, welcome to the Christmas special here at East Grinstead. Oh, what a lineup we have for you. Uh, Opening the show, right? So all that. And I was was going into the crowd. I had material. I was sitting on someone's knee. I was going to give them a present. Oh, hello. What's your name? You know, Nigel. Oh, Nigel, you've been a naughty boy in all all this, right? Mate. I don't I think I'd been there. If I'd been there, I think I would have. I pulled the beard down within about two minutes. <laughs> it was, it was soul deadening silence. Now, Joe, being a good friend, he's like, it's because they didn't know it was you because you were yeah, dressed as exactly. Santa and had a full beard on. Yeah, but bloody. No, I was Laura. thinking that then. I was like, God, they don't know it's you, and half of them wouldn't have come before. So it's like, oh, who is this God. guy? I was, I was in a supermarket recently. And I messaged a WhatsApp. I remembered it again. That's one of those like things that I I will remember quite a lot. And I WhatsApp Joe and was like, "Mate, I've just remembered. <laughs> Do you when I pulled my beard down?" Yeah, call the relief in that room. What what did you say when you pulled the beard down? Just, I think something like, "Well, look, this isn't working," and then just carried on doing it as <laughs> me. Yeah. Oh, Fair play. God. Fair play to him. Well, hello. Ooh, who's this? You know, it's all that. Oh, God. Yeah. 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 I've done that. I, I never did that. <laughs> so I'm, I'm so glad you weren't there, but then poor Naomi would have been there. Yeah. Um, right. Sorry. So MC. MC. Okay. I'm going for Rich Wilson. Oh, brilliant. Great guy yeah. as well. Yeah. Just he can do, well, as a lot of MC, he can do what I cannot do, which is be... Warm, funny, and lovable on stage, and um, like your good self, but yeah, always felt in capable hands, and it just set up the room beautifully. And everyone, I always felt like everyone actually wanted to spend a bit more time with him, not bringing on the other acts. Possibly, <laughs> do you get that? No, ah, I think I, I think maybe when the night. I'm probably being too honest here. When the night was new. And it was probably a bit too, it was too open Mikey compared to where it is now. You know, because these days, it, you know, the, it, I, I don't sound like I'm doing an advert, but in like the past, say, two weeks, it's been, say, Kevin Bridges and Nish Kumar and, you know, and on and on and on. Whereas when it was more open Mikey, dare I say it, oh, this isn't, I, I, this like, it's causing, say it. this just, is causing me physical pain to say this. say it. People I was, dare it. I say, I was, I was probably the star of the show for the first, <laughs> I know, I know, but for like the first 18 months, I was, yeah. I pro, you know, I was, and there probably was a bit of, and I, I was probably doing more stuff, I was doing more crazy, you know, more crazy out there stuff. You do, there you was, call the Christmas. Oh, fuck, you know. <laughs> there was one night, there was one night, it snowed heavily, so I had people on the flat roof, uh, uh, we, we, we got snow, and we were throwing snowballs to knock snow off a streetlight. So the the night was more out there, and part of me misses the more bonkers stuff like that. Can you not do that? Can you not do a mix of both? Maybe, but the thing is, these days, because it's three acts doing 20 minutes, Mm. if you then went back to 
all those madcap games the night because the night used to finish. You on. don't do your games anymore. We did. We did more, more like more like verbal games rather than oh, wacky. Okay. You know, we used to play like William Tell, but with Nerf guns. So you'd have to shoot things off a pensioner's head or whatever. And I yeah. sort of miss. I sort of miss yeah. that. Yeah, I'd like that. But if we went back to that, I think we'd be going back to finishing after eleven o'clock again. Whereas these okay. days, I think I do my ten to fifteen and I get the act on to the point where we've worked out. I'm happy to admit that I think this is a good idea. With the headliner, just get the headliner straight on. Why is an MC doing mm. 10, 15 minutes before a headliner? Just yeah. totally self-indulgent. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, so, no, I, I don't think these days, I don't think I'm going, I'm going to bring the next act on. I don't think anyone in that room is going, ah. Yeah. You've just reminded me, when we ran our nights, it made me realise I would never have booked me as an act. Never. And and I thought back to all the people that have booked me in the past. I go, wow, I wouldn't have done that. I would never book me as an act. Because when we started running nights, you, I just wanted everything to run smoothly. Just be normal, do your jokes, and go home. Whereas I feel like, you know, I want 90% of the audience to like the acts. So I, I get you. it now. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean like we, had, we had Acaster down for a, a, a show, and I did this joke where... I was pretending that this was when I was emceeing. I was pretending that I was, it, they'd all come to see me and I was doing a full hour. Mm -hmm. And it's the most I've made Acaster laugh in more than 10 years of knowing him. And Acaster was saying to Tim, has he done this before? And Tim was like, no. And Acaster's like, this, I, I love it. And James wanted me, James said, after, I think I did like 15. James was like, you should, you should have done like, the, you should have like done it for the full hour. But then I'm too much of a coward because I want all those people to come back. Yeah. Whereas if I'd done a full hour, people would have, somebody would have beaten me up. Yeah. What a thing to yeah. admit about I, your own yeah. night. <laughs> no, I, I, yeah, just with our night, I was I, I, I was sort of appreciative of anyone who did book me. And whenever I thought about booking someone a bit different, I was like, ooh, don't want you to rock the boat. <laughs> whereas, whereas Rich, Rich is great. He's, he's warm. He's got great presence. Oh, he's, He's great. He's got charisma. He's likable. He's great at doing crowd work. He's got loads yeah. of gear. You know, I definitely felt a few times when we booked him. So like, they just want it. They just want him to remain on stage. He'd, be, he'd really become their friend. And then welcome you sort of welcome the first, second, third guest, and they go, "No, he's off again." And he dresses beautifully. Might I had? Oh, he, he he he's got his own. Yeah, there's a bit of mod. There's a bit of English gen. There is, there yeah. is, there is. Open right. Who's opening the gig? Right, in no particular. I've I've picked three acts in no particular order. Obviously, they can all close. I've just put Tim Key first. Brilliant. Now, what I would say about Tim Key is that the person teching this show, our showrunner Tim Lewis, is like Tim Key. He'd be so delighted that you've included Tim Key. Ah. What a for, what a talent! What a, what a presence! Oh, he's one of the best. So I used to do a gig. It was one of my first ever gigs when I got signed up at the Ginglick. I used to MC for Ginglick. Right. It was Christian Knowles' gig. I don't know. Christian Knowles. Right. Anyway, I didn't know anyone. Like obviously, I don't socialise. I walked in. Like this was one of my first ten gigs. I, I now look back and I go, "Wow, there's some good people in that room." So it's Tim Key, Joe Wilkinson, 
No, none of them are done TV. All unknown, only been going like a couple of years. Tim Key, Joe Wilson, Nick Mohammed, uh, Anna and Katie, Simon Brodkin, David Armand. I don't remember David Armand. He was in the sketch group. He was very good. He gave up comedy. I just felt so intimidated by all these people. Maybe Dan Skinner was in Dutch Elm Conservatoire over there with Rufus Jones. And, and um, I just remember seeing Tim for the first time, just going, he had something that made me go, I don't think I'll ever be as good as you. There's something about your brain and your decision-making. Not that it's a competition, but where you look up to people and you go, it's good. He's just made me laugh. Well, the three that I've picked, they've made me laugh more than anyone else in the club. He's made me laugh where my stomach muscles feel like they're going to burst out of my bum. You ever heard that? (laughs) Absolutely. The best feeling in the world. Yeah, and it's so rare, that feeling. It's so rare. You know, I like a lot You lose the plot. It's just unbelievable. It's unbelievable, that feeling. And he's given it to me. And it's that thing, again, I think a lot of these acts, all these acts are all the same, is I enjoy feeling like you're part of a club where maybe 30% of the night don't like the acts, don't understand what they're doing. So you enjoy their sort of confusion as well as enjoying the act on the on the stage. I just thought his, his decision-making is just brilliant. I remember when I went up to the first time I did Edinburgh and had a, a mental breakdown. Um, I previewed with Tim before I went. And Tim just had scraps of ideas and paper, literal, literally paper, and reading out his poems. And we then met up in a pub after the first couple of days at Edinburgh, and he was just sat there in the pub going, oh, I just don't know. He was looking at all his work. I'm just not sure. And I remember thinking, oh, Tim looks up like he's in a... Ooh, it's like he's in a bad way. Two and a half weeks later, he wins the Perrier. Incredible. Yeah, yeah. He's just, he's just better than everyone else. <laughs> One thing I've, I've, I've wanted to say to his face is that that performance of, of say, the sidekick Simon performance is so intricate and so clever and so nuanced. So to be able to play someone who Alan Partridge knows won't threaten Partridge, but yet sometimes crosses that line and, you know, Partridge, you know, to some of what he's feeling is he wants to say to him, get back in your box, know your place. And the way Tim pulls that off, I think it's such an incredible performance. Mm. So he's not not only a brilliant comedian, but also a, he's he's a bloody brilliant comedy actor as well, isn't he? Yeah, he's amazing. Did you see any of his like hour shows that I can't remember? What was it, like the bath one and the bed one? And oh, they're so good. They're so beautifully made and so surprising. And yeah, he's just I I'm in awe of his comedy ability. And if you're listening to him, much love to you and yours. One of the best. One of the best of the generation. He really is. He really is. I think every I think a lot of people look up to him and go, in our sort of school year, go, yeah, he's probably the best. Everyone's gone for a break. Who's in the middle? I'm bringing you Paul Foot. Choice. I'm bringing you Paul Foot because yet again, he's another act who has made my stomach muscles explode nearly every time I've seen him and he says and thinks things that I would never come up with in a million years. And I love those acts. And I, do you know what? I like watching idiots on stage and I think I like watching Paul Foot's bit of an idiot. Tim Key is. Yeah. Just Paul's mind is, and Paul's look, his legs, 
the way he bends his legs and the fact when I first got into stand up, I remember looking online like YouTube videos in 2005 and I found this one of this bloke who was just lying on a sofa over the edge of a sofa with his legs sort of outstretched like a, I don't know, duck. The ducks stretch their legs anyway. And I yeah. thought, who is this bloke? He's got crazy hair. I didn't know him from Adam, but I was like, I want to be in his comedy gang. And that was Paul Foot. And so I sort of looked him up, stalked him, went to watch him. And it's also, so Paul has just announced, he, anyone listening, Paul's just announced uh, a UK a UK tour as well, hasn't he? I'd say just yeah. announced a few weeks ago, but nevertheless, announced a UK tour. Yeah. And these are people that, that's one thing I miss of comedy, when when you're in it, when you're, and you get to, just when I sort of became sort of friends with Paul, it's like, I'm friends with Paul Foot. It's like one of the funniest people in the country. And we're just, yeah, it's like a privilege to hang around with these funny brains. Do you um, still have that now? You know, in spite of you've had the BAFTAs, you've had all the success, you know, you've had all the success, but do you still have that moment where you're talking to person X, where the voice in your head is going, "Oh my god, I'm talking to," oh my god, all the time. Yeah, I love that feeling, like you said, of just losing control in a comedy club, and it's so bloody rare. Paul does a routine where he comes out, he just starts abusing the audience with sort of made up one-liners and it's so funny sort of strutting around the stage going you and then it's <laughs> it's just it's just brilliant yeah he's amazing and Paul would do 12 minutes because I want to stick Anna and Katie in they can both right? do 20s oh really have a, it's, a, it's a later finish well I really miss I really used to love Anna and Katie uh Anna Krillian Katie Wicks I just thought they were so funny. And again, it's just people coming up with ideas that I could never come up with. And yeah. also funny bones. So funny. So funny. I was just always in awe of these people and wanted to be as good as them. Have you ever heard if they'll ever get back together as a double actor? Is, is acting going too well for them? Oh, I imagine so. Why would you want to go in the clubs again? It's a shame that though, isn't it? Because acting has taken some of our some of like the best acts on the circuit hasn't it i yeah. mean i put Gemma whelan in a similar bracket in the on stage so silly so funny so naturally funny few capable of just you know reducing a room to smithereens but yet she's not gonna get, she's not gonna stop being like the main star in itv dramas to do no you know it's really it's at, tough know. work isn't it doing stand-up so why would you drop that to drive around the country touring or whatever well unless you're in love with it but yeah they were they were wonderful Anna and Katie back in the day yeah so Anna and Katie and Paul in the middle this is a good night this is a really good I mean, you've got to like a certain type of humor but everyone knows that you've curated it so the crowd the crowd know what's in store okay I'm worried I'm missing people out that have really made me laugh I know I have but anyway you know if you were going to check out these, is there an Anna and Katie clip that you would recommend? I mean, they do. They, there's a couple of characters online where they're they called the Measurers. I think Joe Wilkinson wrote that sketch, actually. Did he? Joe used to write for the Channel Four show. Um, again, Seb and Dustin, Cardinal Burns. Oh, anyway, mate, can I know people? I know they they will hear this a lot. I know actors, like not comedians, just straight actors, and that audition sketch in the acting community is like, it's like a Bible. Well, yeah. I mean, I'd put them in the middle as well. <laughs> they're, they're, 
also two other people that have made me. Mate, Carnal Burns. I've met those dudes a few times. I I love them. I think they're great dudes. But they're, mate, they're very silly. They're obviously very clever. They're very funny. But mate, they both fall into that cool category. I lo- mm. I think they're cool dudes. I think all these people are. Yeah, you're right. I, they, I you're right. Was, Anna and Katie. They're Paul. all they all make wonderful decisions, and I always Tim. felt like I wasn't quite good enough in there. And they're, in they're their all company. unashamedly them. They're, they're themselves as well, aren't they? Mm. Their series was so good. That series, I've bored them both with this, that when our first daughter was born, their sketch show was my, um, that was my TV show in the middle of the night when I was doing, when I was sat up with, when I was sat up with the now seven year old, that was, that was the, that was the show that I always came back to. Some of Harry, Harry Hill specials as well, but that the Colonel Burns sketch show is brilliant. So at the moment, the night is finishing around 1am, but that's fine. Who is? We've gone for another break. I won't be there. I'll be well gone. <laughs> uh, James, you don't mind uh, You don't mind sit overseeing things? Yeah, yeah, sure, David. Yeah. I'll, 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 t- I'll tell yeah. Naomi as well. Um, yeah. Who's closing? You know who's closing. Is it a mutual friend of ours? Yeah. Double H. What? Yeah. Harry Hill. It could, it could only be Harry Hill. If it wasn't for Harry Hill... I would not. I wouldn't be doing comedy, so blame him. But I, when I was about twenty-one, I think twenty-one. I, I don't know why. Oh, I saw it. I saw him on the doing his little sketches on the Channel Four late night show, where he'd come on and be mad for sort of four minutes. And um, I think they're on like they're on YouTube. And so I bought his Man Alive VHS. And I sat there with my two mates, Mike and Ian, and I have never laughed as much as that, like before or since that night. And that really, yeah, hit me in the gut. His 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 jokes and his ideas. It's like, oh fuck, yeah. It's it. Yes, it is the jokes. Yes, it is the ideas. Yes, it is his brain. But again, it comes back to this funny bones thing. Mm. The way Harry sells things and the the little glances afterwards and the hmm, all of that, it just so he takes the material and and because and because it's in the body of this perfect comedian almost, it just takes it to this god level, doesn't it? Yeah, and also like he's it's probably not the right word, but he's a little bit spicy. Like he could be a Saturday Night Entertainer. But there's something behind the eyes where you go. Like you're, you're right, because he could be. Oh, it could easily be. Part but. of Harry's charm is that. And I used to warm up fun capsule, and he he you know he would we would often have on. I say we, I didn't book them, but we would often have on the cannon and balls of this world. And Harry's got part of that old school yeah. charm persona about him, but yet yes. There's something dangerous, isn't the word sp- special, but there's something different about Harry that means that he looks like he could have been on telly in the eighties on ITV, mm. but there's something magical about the guy as well. Mm. I mean, well, I just remember one of his jokes where he had like a an empty blister pack. Have you seen that? 
I think it's an empty blister pack. And he just put it on his forehead. And he's kind of said, what am I? What am I? I can't remember what it is, but it's like a buttons to the to some flat. It's like a block of flats. <laughs> and then he just said to a woman in the front row, stay away from the flats. <laughs> it's, it's, I think they always felt like a little bit of danger. Stay away from the flats. Danger. Oh, God. If I could... I mean, when I went on tour, when I wrote my little show three or four years ago, I just watched his watched his um, hour shows over and over, just going, "What are you doing there? How are you doing that? What are, you, what are your thoughts there? Why are you doing that? Are you doing that?" I just thought he's the best. He's the, he's the one that really. How is he doing it as well? Like the thing no, of I having say multiple spinning plates, and then comes back amazing. to the spinning plates, and all you know, mm. Nan with the cornflakes, all of that. Mm. What a what a brain he's got! Yeah, he really has. When he came down to do my night a few years ago, I think he just sort of come back to stand up. Just watched him for forty five minutes. Like, oh man, all your ideas are just what I would give for one of them. So he'd close the night. And that night, I'd pay good money to watch that night. I'd pay good money to watch that night. And also, he's a total sweetheart. Yeah, he's lovely. Uh, when I mentioned him, that I like. Um, Stufa, just within three days, he sent me a Stufa through the post. From my, you know, my comedy here, I'm like, I've got a Stufa. Doesn't have Stoufer. to do it. No, he doesn't have to do it. Um, and he oh. sent this such a nice email about Brian and Charles just out of the blue. Oh, he's such a yeah legend. And it means it means a lot because yeah, I I would not have done comedy had I not watched his. I remember gigging with him. At the somewhere in London, and it's the first time I've met him. And I had to tell him, I had to tell him just what he meant. And I think he felt very, very uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't care. I would say I'll say two things. Regular listeners will not, will in their mind are probably going. A recurring theme of this podcast is that Harry Hill is obviously a brilliant comedian, but also like a top top dude. Oh, is he always getting picked by people? He's come up in conversation before. Okay. And it's obviously, it's it's totally, you know, it's reverential stuff. Mm. And then also, and uh, people are wincing because they probably know what I'm going to say. <laughs> I've got to, it's almost becoming a catchphrase. Love of, he has love of the game. Yeah. He doesn't yeah. have sit down, mate. He has stand up and keep going. I know. I wish I had his stand up and keep going attitude, but I'd rather sit down and watch him, I think. Oh, that's nice. That's, that's a lovely little out. That's a lovely little out. What a shame <laughs> we've got another two hours to go. No, I'm joking. Um, <laughs> right. I, I I think it's standing ovation time on that one. That I mean, that's perfect. You know, glorious. Right. Now then. Incident you'd love to happen. What has happened to you at a gig that in your wildest dreams you wish could happen again? Oh, God, that's a difficult one. I um, I think I sort of read that different. I just thought of a gig memory. It's not, it's been mean, it won't mean anything to anyone, but a gig memory was, oh, I don't know. I just did one of my, my farewell, that sound like a dick, but my farewell gig, my farewell gig. Oh, twat. God, we're very similar. My <laughs> <laughs> farewell. Cut that or extend it and slow it down. 
if I said if I said farewell, I'm with you because if I said fa- and the thing is, what you're saying is fair. Oh, if God. I said farewell gig, I'd be like, who do you think you're not Barbara Streisand? Who do you think you are? You know. Oh um, my God! Can't believe I said that. It wasn't a fair. It was uh, basically it was my last gig in Brighton. It was goodbye, goodbye. It wasn't a farewell fucking sequin dress. <laughs> it was goodbye. It's the end of the Gettings gig. You can read into that farewell comment. It's just the end. Last, my last gig, my Gittins night. Wonderful. Oh, farewell. <laughs> oh shit! My farewell gig. And the, uh, oh, what a night! Right. Anyway, my last gig, my Gittins night in Brighton, was really lovely there, and I'd love to do that again. Just oh, that's felt, nice. What, it felt, felt joyous. Yeah, outpouring. it was my farewell. <laughs> All right, Barbara. Okay, yeah. farewell gig. That's nice. That's lovely. You know what? That's... People would have been there and they'll go, no, it didn't. It's just a normal gig. All right. Well, it... Mate, <laughs> I bet we've, we've all done that. We've... Have, you got certain, have you got certain stories where you've told them that many times where you start to wonder, I wonder how much this has changed down the years. I just suddenly thought that was just a gig someone went to. Went, what is he talking about? Farewell gig. Twat. And then Liberace came on. Oh my God! What a bell end. Um, incident you, you'd love to erase, i.e., your least favourite incident from a gig that must not happen at this gig. Well, I got slapped. I got punched in the face. No. Yeah. What? Yeah. By a woman. When? Um. It's a farewell gig. It's for farewell gig, and I'm doing my gags. <laughs> and this woman gets up. Uh, no, she. Uh, oh, it's in Streatham at the jazz. Was it a jazz club? Oh, the hideaway, something like that. Yeah, I've done that one. Yeah, yeah. And there's sort of thirty people in, and I mean, no, I didn't deserve it. But part of me thinks maybe I did deserve it. But I got people on stage, and I, um, I put masks on them. And uh, and then I went to put a mask on her. I think I sort of half put this sort of baby alien mask on her. It was all ripped to shreds. And and she just turned around, just like really slapped me around the face. Knocked my glasses off. Oh, David. So then I'm, I'm I think this is like, maybe this is the reason why I don't want to do it again. But in that moment, oh, I was so, I felt so vulnerable. I was like, okay, I'm on stage as Brian Gittins. But I've been slapped and David Earl's hurting. David. Both, in, both inside and out. That's not acceptable. No. And, and I also, remember going. Sorry, go on. I remember sort of being in and out of Brian and David. I thought, I don't know how to deal with this. Don't know how to deal with it. Well, I don't know. That's, that's absolutely out of order, actually, as it goes. So I was sort of in and out of my voice. <laughs> oh, God. You should not slap someone in the fucking face, okay? Yeah. Because you're trying to stay in character, but the David is, yeah. you yourself are rightfully upset. Yeah, and Nomi's over there watching my wife. Imagine that, watching your husband. You, path- you pathetic man. Don't you start. Na- <laughs> Naomi, <laughs> knowing Naomi, she would no. have been so protective. Yeah, she was. Yeah. Oh, such a weird experience. Came out of nowhere. And I, I kind of thought, do you know what? You know, I'm pulling these masks on people's heads, expecting them just to go with it. And some people might freak out and 
in the moment. But to react with a hit. Proper hit. Also, it's not like if you'd been like personally offensive at her. Yeah. And she's lashing out. I and mean, I'm not I'm not excusing it, but yeah. but your crime, inverted commas, is putting a mask on her. Yeah. What's happened there? Yeah. Horrible. But that that worst bit was the glasses sort of hanging on off, off my nose lopsidedly, and then me trying to work out how do I navigate my way to the end of this set. How did he get Probably. to the end? Because then the, the room is Mate, we once it's not in the same league, but we once played a game when I was talking about the Madcap early days. We played a game called Slap the Compare, and I announced this game. When I'm going to play Slap the Compare, it gets a big laugh because it, no, it's a funny title. And then I got two people up, and one you know one person like does like a playful you know, oh. and then the second person I think she was like this giant I think she was I think she was Scandinavian, but this giant Scandinavian lady proper clumped me across the face. Which, to be fair, that was the name that, you know, whoever, I think it was like whoever hits me the hardest wins, basically. And the room went from, oh, this is a funny idea. And then, mate, all the energy just got sucked out because yeah. everyone's just watched someone yeah. get struck in the face. You know, it's not funny. Yeah. But that one funny. is my fault. I'll hold my hands up on that. Whereas that one, mate, that's not your fault. I feel like, I've, I mean, I feel like we've all had weird, I feel like I've bloody loads of, just incidents because of the nature of the character who like so many times on stage, I would just in a split second go, right. What's the most inappropriate thing to do here? What's the most inappropriate thing for a stand-up comedian to do here? Cause Brian would make the, a bad decision here. So I would do that. And then the, you know, the repercussions. Cause it made me laugh. It made me laugh that some bloke you should not be on stage is on stage making terrible decisions oh my god yeah and then you you come off going i'm not i don't not really like that i'm sort of making oh did she get kicked out no i don't think so what i don't think so mm. yeah grim well you know what just to put a positive spin on this i've got to say david that always be comedy there are very few acts who demolished a room quite like Gittins. I mean, I've told you this before. Gemma, one of the girls that used to work at Always Be Comedy, you were her, you were, I told you and Naomi this, you were head and shoulders her favourite, her favourite act. Oh, nice night. Well, it was always a nice night. Felt safe there. God. Felt, felt like people got it. People, it that's the thing, people get it. Right, how do you, how do you unwind? Is there a go-to TV show, a movie, something else? Well, I don't unwind with this, but I was like, people need to watch this because I think this, I, I went back to this about a month ago. I watched it with Nomi. And when I did, I sort of contacted a couple of mates and said, oh, watch this again. This is brilliant. I don't know if you've seen it, but it's Simon Fielder's Gigs Diaries from about four years ago. Never seen them. Oh. Oh, no, I tell a lie. I've, I have seen a couple. I love them. I just feel like it's the closest thing to gigging at kind of low paid comedy nights. I and he you know doing, he's he was doing that before people were doing that, if that makes sense. He was before yeah. he was ahead of his time doing those yeah. videos. And it's they're sort of well produced and they're entertaining and I just love it. I it's, it's like um They were so well produced. <laughs> I it's just when he's walking to the gigs going, right, I'm going to I don't know, fighting Cox and Kingston. I'll just walk down there. 
Uh, or he's going, I'm going to Coventry and uh, there's only 30 people in. And oh my God, I'm right there with him. I'm right there with him. And then he sat in the car afterwards going, he just didn't like me, you know, they just, I just love it. I absolutely no, think no one is doing that now, are they? Oh no, I like I really wanted to do it as Gittins. Such a but, good idea. Oh, it's lovely. If you can really he did it really well, but I really recommend having the cook Simon Fielder's gigging diaries from like I don't know, six years ago. That's a really brilliant recommendation. Uh, something Maisie Adams said on a uh, on when she was on was that she reads after a gig. Right. And that has some sort of effect on her mind and body where it she just it calms her. So I've I've actually been Maisie, thank you. I've been doing that and it it, it does help. Okay. You know when the adrenaline is just like coursing through your body. Too much that adrenaline. You'd you'd be up for like two hours, wouldn't you? Till one two a two a.m. I, 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 I don't I, miss any of that. I was back on double. Uh, uh, listeners will know I do quite a bit of TV TV warm up. I was back on double warm ups last week, and. I, I I was back to that thing of being awake at three a.m. for an hour because the so you know six hours of records of adrenaline is is pumping through your system, you know. And I sort of part of me quite enjoyed that little hour or two because you're like, I'm just going to sit down on this sofa and watch what the hell I like, and uh, it feels a little bit naughty, and then just really regret it in the morning. But... I can't do that anymore either because I, I wake the kids. No. Up. No, I can't. I have to be in bed by 10. I hit I, I hit the floorboard two nights on the trot doing exactly that. Daddy? End of... What end time's of, that? Like like you say there, like middle of the night. Because when you, if your heart's racing and you, you know that the only thing you can do is like sit and watch telly or get out yeah. of bed because you're going to go crazy, you're going to go crazy, you know. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Daddy, I was like, well, yeah. no more, no more. I just that. suddenly thought, you you don't want to watch a bloke making YouTube videos of gigging, do you? When you go home from a gig, it's the last thing you want to watch. And then you're like, yeah, I do want to watch it. <laughs> All right, watch Simon Jordan's clips on Talk Sport. I really like those. Mate, that's the la- hang on, is that not the last thing you should be watching in terms of the anxiety? <laughs> I really like his little clips. What, when him and Graham Suness are arguing? Yeah, I love it. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, he, the anguish. No way. Oh, him and Keown going at it. Oh. No, God. It's so personal. Oh, I love it. When he got that digging about Keown being and the Invincibles not playing that many games, I was like, yeah. that's a bit of a low blow. And Keown says Keown something said like... said about Danny Mills? Ke- Keown says something like, I was th- I, I'm paraphrasing, but something like, I was 38 years old and I actually played this many games and I'm I'm really proud of that. When he said that, I, I was like, oh Martin. Did you that, see what Keon said about Danny Mills a few days ago? No. Oh. Danny Mills rang in about Arsenal. They played his clip, something like that. Too and personal. then Ma- Ma- Martin Keon went, is that Danny Mills? He had a good England career, didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> I know. Because they because Martin Keown, I think yesterday or the day before, had a go about Martin Tyler, the, the commentator. And I'm like, what are you doing? It's brilliant. You can't I'm... go after a fe- you can't go after a fellow professional in public. No. Martin no. Tyler, not said Martin Tyler, I don't think has ever said boo to a goose. And you've got yeah. Keown going after him on Talk Sport. I thought Yeah. I mean the, what the listener can't see is that I'm cl- I'm 
You are, you're clutching your jumper. <laughs> I'm clutching metaphorical, I'm clutching my jumper like they are pearls. I'm clutching my yeah, pearls. Yeah, yeah. Because I'm just but like... Once a week, though, I'll go on YouTube and go, I'm watching all the Sarah and Jordan clips from the week, and it's lovely. Well, if, if I think I want to have an anxiety attack, I'm going to watch all the Simon Jordan clips. <laughs> I can't. Oh, God. Right. Listen, yeah. that's your bag. If you, if you want to feel anxious last thing at night, check out. Yeah. Check out Jordo. That helps you yeah. unwind. Well, that way, I'd be yeah, more wound up than, than, I, than I would be at a gig. Oh, when it says Simon Jordan clashes with Keo and they've put a little red sort of emoji, fire emoji. Devil horns or whatever. all over that. Here we go. Bowl of cereal. Let's watch it. Uh, listener, I think this is a perfect time. <sighs> Send in how you, how you would unwind. And I would love to know if someone has got something as absolutely crackers as watching the watching two grown men argue. Oh, all right. 3D bot maker. No, I, no, David, I love that you've included <laughs> that. I love that. That's... Okay. All right. Because some people watch these like pimple popping things to unwind. I'm like, what? Yeah. No, I watch Jordan. What's 3D Bookmaker? Literally, they use a 3D printer. Oh, 3D Bookmaker. James, this is right up your strata. Okay. Simon Jordan comes on. 3D, 3D Bookmaker. Call someone a prince. What's the game in the 70s where you had two cars and they did loop the loop? Street racing, that kind yeah. of. Yeah. What'd you call it? Don't know. But I do know what you mean, though. You know what I mean. I do. There's a guy called 3D Bot Maker on YouTube who's created these incredible tracks. He gets people from all around all around the world sending in these, what do you call them? These car racing yeah. corky. And he, he's filmed it and produced it like a, a proper Formula One with slow motion, different camera angles, commentary. It's amazing. Amazing. Yeah. 3D pop maker. I've said this before. What I have to do to unwind as well is I have to listen to ASMR every night, every Ooh. single night. Get James, to sleep. I've started playing. Now this is up your street as well. I don't. I mean, cut all this. This is no. This is, hang started, on a minute. No way. This is gold. On Twitch, I've started playing Snooker Nineteen, and my viewing figures seem to. Going up and up because all you all you hear is the click of the balls. Occasionally, you hear a <clears throat> in the audience, and then uh, every four to five minutes, you'll hear diddly 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 diddly. Uh, someone else's phone goes off. Then you'll be sent out the uh, venue. It's just such a relaxing, peaceful, and I think people want these relaxing games. And the people and the what the figures are going up as people go to sleep. No, people just seem to want to watch this. I play a few games on my Twitch, and this one, people just seem to like watching the quiet simplicity of a game of snooker. Oh, so watch so that. Nice. It's, it's very ASMR-y. Because you just hear one, eight, nine. How do people follow you on Twitch? Uh, David Earl on Twitch. David Earl on Twitch. Is it things like, is it like, you require yes. snookers? Yes. Yes. That's exactly, in fact, that was lovely. <laughs> <laughs> it's exactly what it is. Uh, 
David, on a personal level, thank you for everything that you continue to do. Thanks for being you. Thanks for being a good friend. And thanks for being a, a, a phenomenal guest. I suspect this will be a favourite episode for a lot of people. Oh, okay. Well, keep those naughty bits in. Tim, before we go, all I can say is... Tim, be dangerous and leave them in. Good luck in the edit. The wonderful David Earl there. Tim, what is your favourite David Earl memory? Well, I hate for it's a memory, but it's going to see Brian Gittins because obviously Brian Gittins is retired. But any time I saw Brian Gittins, if I'm going to pick a specific show, it's his last Fringe show, which was in the basement of a Brazilian restaurant and <laughs> shouldn't have worked, but he was just so brilliant. He always made such a memorable show. It was probably my favourite show that year. He's the best. What about you? Wow. Great choice. Uh, I'm going to go with... I'm going to go with my, my new football club. But guys, this might sound this might sound crazy, but uh, the appearances of my new football club... Uh, remain the thing that where I've had the most traction. Now, I say this as someone, we've been doing Always Be Comedy um, at the Tommyfield Kennington for 12 years. We just had our 12th anniversary show the other night. But even at the Tommyfield, when I'm standing behind the bar before a show, I will occasionally get people coming up to me at the bar and not saying, thanks, James, thanks for all the comedy and the memories. They say this. Um, I'll have a glass of the house white and is the Peroni, is the Peroni on tap? And I have to uh, swallow my pride and a lot of bile and say, oh no, I, I, I don't work behind the bar. Um, I'm just about to, in about 30 seconds, I'm going to go on and MC the gig. And they go, oh, sorry, I had no idea. Whereas on my new football club, all I really do is because I used to be a sports reporter, it's just me sitting and chatting about me, how I used to be a sports reporter and my relationship with Crystal Palace. And it's sort of, it's sort of, and this sounds like a false modest thing. And I know we've said on earlier episodes that that is a bugbear, but it's, it is faintly preposterous that sitting and chatting with David and John about football is the thing that, is the thing that has me being tapped on the shoulder by strangers uh, so I would say that is a, a favourite memory and also a very unexpected memory. So I get, I guess it's a favourite memory, but also at the same time, thank you, David, because it, you know, it, it isn't lost on me and it is also faintly preposterous. So thanks, mate. Uh, now, always be comedy. The the summer season is now up and running tonight. If you're listening to this on the thirteenth of June. We've got we've got Matt Ford doing a preview tomorrow on the fourteenth of June. We've got Ian Sterling. Tonight on... No, I can't do it. Uh, Wednesday the 14th of June, Ian Sterling, work in progress. And then in the coming weeks and months, we've got either works in progress or previews or new material from the likes of Rich Hall, dear God, Abandon Man, Sophie Duker, Tuesday Night Club, Rachel and Marcus, and many, many more. We've also just added a couple of cheeky new material gigs in July. Uh, so we'll, we might see Always Be Comedy at the Tommy Field. You will certainly hear us on Always Be Comedy, the podcast. Tell you what, Tim, we can't reveal our hand, but my God, we've got some more bangers coming up. Yeah, we do. We do. Pod royalty. 
You know what? Ooh, I like what you've done there. Yes. Another King of Podcasts next week, if I may say so. Oh, Tim, I like it. Uh, so, yeah, we are at Always Be Comedy across the socials. I'm at James Gill Comedy. And Tim, you are? Tim Lewis, Tim Lewis on Instagram, Tim Lewis underscore on Twitter. We couldn't tag each other on Twitter this week. And, oh, we sounded like we sound like two characters on Coronation Street. Oh, isn't that strange? <laughs> Uh, still don't know what happened, but anyway, it's, it's, it, I'm sure it'll be fine now. Uh, thank you as always. Uh, we're very, very grateful. Uh, we, you know, I know we say this all the time, but none of this is lost on us. So thank you. Hang on. I'm saying that like we've been to number one in the charts, <laughs> but you know what I mean? You know what I mean? Uh, we're very grateful. And, and as always, please do come over and say hello to us at a show. Uh, always nice to chat with you. And, uh, we, we are, we're two grateful dudes. Uh, have a lovely week. See you soon. Bye, 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 bye. Bye. <laughs>